Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You guys live ready to live greater and expect more? You guys have been doing a great job, but we're going to even do a better job in 2023, aren't we? I appreciate you guys being here. Happy New Year, and in case I forget, Merry Christmas for next year. We love you guys so much. If you're like me at my house, we've celebrated a couple birthdays, Christmas, New Year's, and still have another birthday in about another 15 days. So it's been busy, lots and lots of food. We're ready for a corporate fast just because of everything we've eaten, right? We'll probably do some good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness. Our hearts are bowed to you. Thank you for what you're already doing amongst your people. Continue to enlighten our hearts. Give us revelation, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, everyone says... Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for praying. We love to stand. Go ahead and wave up, wave at your neighbor. Wish them a happy 2023. Our heart is simple, living greater and expecting more. Not that you guys are not already doing that, for I've drank enough coffee in your homes and hung out with you and ate enough meals and dinners that you guys are some people who want to live to greater expectation, and that's awesome. But what we want to encourage you with is with that greatness that we live with that's only found in Jesus Christ, amen? We know that. We can expect God to move in our lives. So the next four weeks, we're going to take the journey together. We're going to start with the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. So that's where we're going to start at. Now, I'm not going to preach all three chapters, so don't get nervous, you know. But, uh, but we will start there, and we're just going to try to journey through this. There's no way in four weeks that we could get through it, but we'll handpick some things out. As we were preparing for the new year and thinking to ourselves, what could we bring that would encourage, that would inspire? What, what, what can we do that would make 2023 different than 2022? And sometimes it's just recalling things that we already know. Sometimes we, we have a tendency, a, 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 a way of whenever things kind of get difficult, the heat gets turned up, that we kind of um, draw back and maybe go back to some of our old tendencies, and we don't want to do that, do we? Things that we learned in 2022, we want to take those into 2023 and learn more, amen? We don't want to withdraw and go back. We want to be greater. We don't want to hang on those excuses, and that's the exciting thing about following Christ. We, he, he takes away those excuses. He takes away those things that we lend ourselves towards. How many of you guys have ever heard this one? I just can't control myself. I have to do it. You might have even used that one, but we know what Paul writes to Timothy, you don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and what? Self-control. Well, that's only possible because we serve Jesus Christ. We, we, we look in there, maybe we rely on some other excuses that kind of hurt us and cause us to pull back and say, well, I just don't understand. I just don't know if I have the answer, God. I know you're taking me to this place. I know you're pulling me through this, but God, I just don't have the answer. Well, John chapter 14, verse 26 helps us out with that because we have the Holy Spirit in our life, amen? And he's our helper, and he'll lead us and guide us and direct us, amen. I'm gonna preach myself happy. You guys can help me. I'm telling you, hey, I didn't get to preach at 8.30, so y'all gonna get the whole load this morning. <laughs> Usually those guys get the first initial, y'all get it all. Been praying for you. And, and in, our, in my office this morning. So I am elated to have this opportunity. As I preached last, or as I preached on the 25th, of course, Christmas, I think that was, I, I leaned over to Pastor Mike and I said, that was probably the first time in 40 years that you haven't preached on, on a Christmas morning or this Sunday before Christmas. And he goes, yeah, it's at least been that long. Now I think in my opportunity today to being able to preach the, the new year and start it out with you guys, and I just want to first, before I go too far, appreciate Pastor Mike for making room for me. 
that yes, give him a round of applause. Absolutely. I appreciate him making room for me and seeing that we continue to reach generations, that this legacy is gonna continue, amen? And we have the power of the Holy Spirit, but that's what living greater and expecting more is also all about. You have to look past yourself, don't you? You have to look towards something greater. And here as we look at the Sermon on the Mount, we see that Christ is asking us to step up to him. Now he came down to us, can I get an amen on that? But we have to do our part and find out Christ. He says, if you will seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. So God, I'm on a mission. I've got to find you. Now, this is the good news. Jesus isn't playing a big game of hide and go seek, is he? He's not doing that. Peekaboo. He's not doing that. Sometimes we do that. That's what Adam and Eve did. How did you know I was naked? Guys, <laughs> God knows everything. But in the Sermon on the Mount, he's asking us and he's delivering directives. So many times we read the Bible and if we're not careful, we read it as suggestions and we should never do that. But this is the firm foundation that Christ has laid out before us that if we chase it and we seek it, we could be in a place that we never thought we could be, amen? As we read here in Matthew chapter five, I want you to turn your eyes to the screen. We're gonna start out with the Beatitudes. Chapter five, verse one through 12. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Notice he wasn't alone, and we realize as a staff, as pastors, that we're not alone, that we have you guys, and we wanna say thank you. And as we read these Beatitudes, we know that not one person can perfect them, but it's found in all of us, isn't it? Only Jesus Christ is the one who completely perfected them all. But whenever we gather together, under his name, then we know we can do something for his kingdom, amen? Verse two, and he opened his mouth and he taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who persecute you for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are, the, are, are you when others revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And as we start out, we want to say a big thank you. Thank you to every one of you who do your best to try to live out these beatitudes. That reach up as high as you can to try to touch God, even though he's reaching down to touch us. That way we can do what he's called us and we can live to a greater extent and expect more in our life. What's the more? It's the more that this church can impact our community, amen? that it continue to see souls saved and marriages put back together, that children all over can find the destiny that God has put in them. Yeah. But it takes all of us, so thank you. 
Thank you to everyone who helps out in the children's hall, who greets or teaches. Thank you for every one of you who stand in the foyer and hand out our bulletin with a smile and make people feel like you are glad they're here and we are. Thank you for the ones who relentlessly give their time and youth, who do their very best to make those youth feel important, who preach and teach and love. Thank you for all the teachers who teach in here on Sunday, on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and teach in Sunday school class. Thank you for all the ones who serve in all the lines. Thank you for all the security and our elders and our deacons because together we're trying to live out the beatitudes that we, from the face right here, that we could change. We could change the world, couldn't we? So thank you. Thank you for the things that are seen and the things that are unseen. Thank you for the tears that are cried when you're on your knees and you're crying out for God to move, to move in your life, to move in the church's life, to move in the community. See, as Christ was delivering this sermon and he gathered up all of his disciples and the crowd began to push in, they began to intently listen It puts us in a place where we want to press in and say, blessed are those. We want to bless 2023. Let's even do more to become our those. Blessed are those who do what Christ says, for they shall be in the blessing that he intended us to be in. So as we pursue 2023, thank you. From the bottom of my heart's Keep giving. Keep investing your time. Keep doing things that God's called you to do. You don't understand it. Doesn't always come with peace, does it? Some things God, sometimes God will speak stuff into your life that will seem absolutely crazy and he probably has you right where he wants you. Unless you bounce it off three or four other people and they think it's crazy too, then you might kind of put it in reverse, you know what I mean? Get some counsel, okay? Get some counsel, all right? We all need a parachute, so get some counsel. But we do what God has us to do. And as I was preparing this lesson, I was thinking about this. God, give me some ideas, give me some ways, as I looked at the life of Christ, that he truly walked in the blessing, not because he had to, because he is the source of blessing, amen, but to be our example. And there's about four things that I really want to show you this morning that I found, that some things that I believe that will encourage you that we can do to prepare ourselves as we continue to launch into 2023. As we continue to put ourselves in that place where we're blessed. Because we want to be our those, don't we? We want to be the ones of what Christ says to be. And as you looked up on the screen, if you're not engaged in a place, we want you to know we have room for you. We have a place for you. And there's nothing like investing your time into the kingdom of God, Amen. There's nothing like that, I'm telling you. you it, it pays more than you ever thought it could pay. And for anybody who's listening on the other side of the camera, you could be anywhere. We know that you invest, you give. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for taking time to watch this. There's so many different teams around as we look at what it takes to pull off a service, amen? From the worship team to the people in the media to the greeters to the people who work with children, the Sunday school class, there's so many different things. Thank you a hundred times over. And we're believing that God is going to bless you in 2023 like you've never experienced. We can't guarantee that there won't be any storms. We can't guarantee that there won't be hard times or difficulties. And we can't predict whether what time will happen or if they will happen. 
But what we can say is Christ will never leave you nor forsake you. And whenever you put yourself in the place and serve him, you put yourself in that place of blessing. And blessing occurs when the storm is the hottest, amen? When that fire is turned up, that's when the blessing is the greatest. Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego know something about that, don't they? Daniel in the lion's den, he knows something about that. The disciples and the apostles, as we read in the New Testament, some of the greatest miracles that were ever done was done whenever it seemed like the heat was the most intense and people had come up against them and the world had thrown some and the enemy had come up against them. Oh, but God is greater, right? Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. But if we're gonna prepare ourselves for 2023, here's, a, here's, here's four short things that I think will help you and encourage you. As I was thinking about this, the first thing that we can always do is make sure that we establish a secure base. Let's establish a great base camp. Each one of us in here has the need for security. We have the need for security in relationships and employment and in life in general. We have the need for security, a place that we can run to, a place that we can go to. And the thing about a strong base camp is it empowers you. It makes you feel like you can do anything. One of the things I love to go to is yard sales and estate sales. And about six or eight months ago, I went to an estate sale and I found a couple chainsaws that didn't run, so I picked them up for 40 bucks. And I worked on them and worked on them and worked on them and they, you know what I found out? I'm not a very good mechanic. <laughs> and you can, you can lose your religion really easy on that type of stuff, man. A little old carburetor that big around, man, make you repent for a week, I'm telling you what. Yeah, you laugh because you know it's true. I don't know what your little bitty thing is, but we all got them, don't we? You are not alone. So I'm to my last time with this name brand chainsaw, and I know if I can get it started, it's worth 40 bucks, and I've been working on it a couple of days. You know, called my dad, he's a mechanic, told me to do a couple of things, researched it, even called one of the guys here at the church, Bobby, and tried to get help with it. Finally, I went outside, and I thought, this is the last time I'm gonna work on it. If it doesn't work this time, I'm throwing this stupid thing in a trash can. I'm out there, and it's cold, my hands are hurting a little bit, you know. It's early morning. My wife and daughter are already at school and I just slip out of the house. I'm in my, I'm in my rubber boots and my basketball shorts. Some kind of pullover shirt on, I don't know. And all of a sudden, I pull the rope on that chainsaw and you know what it does? Oh, that's a great sound to me, isn't it? And all of a sudden, something comes over me and I feel so empowered. If you would have walked into my backyard that day, you would have thought, you have a crazy pastor. <laughs> I was in the backyard and I had that chainsaw full thought, in my shorts and in my boots, dancing around the yard going, I did it, I did it. Oh, yes, I've conquered the chainsaw. I broke down a couple days later, but in that moment, I felt really good. I'm serious, it did. But in that moment, dude, I was empowered. Hey, that's what, a, that's what a secure base camp does, is it empowers you. In the Afghan war, Bashin or Bashon was a military base that the English had. It serviced over 30,000 personnel. It was in the midst of Afghanistan. It was in the midst of the war on terror. They serviced over 30,000 personnel. 
Men would go out and fight and do what they needed to do, then come back, and it was a place to refuel. It was a place to retreat. It was a place to recover. And because that station was there, because that base was there, they were able to have communications like they had never, wouldn't have been able to have otherwise. They were able to have a place of rest and relaxation so they can continue to fight the war. But it serviced over 30,000 personnel. But without that home base, the war would have been different. Your secure base that you have is a place that you have to go to to fuel. It's a place that you go to retreat. It's a place that you go to to regroup. Now, we really have two kind of physical bases, or we have two kind of bases. One is a spiritual base, and one's a physical base. For me, I know that I love our home. I go to our home, and it's a place that I can retreat. It's a place that I can regroup, and I do everything that I can to protect it. And I don't know what your home base is, but once you find it, if it's your house, do whatever you can to protect that place. It's not always big changes. Sometimes it's small ones. Mary and I wake up, and I try to have worship music playing. You know how it is in the hustle bustle, getting ready. You're getting, you're getting your kid ready or your children ready. You're trying to make lunches. You're trying to get dressed. You've got an hour to get out the door, and everybody's super happy, Right? Everybody loves it, especially after breaks. Kids really love waking up early after breaks, you know. But the, also the spiritual base. That place that you go, that you retreat, and we see it all the time in Christ's life, that he went and prayed, and he prayed. He got away from his disciples. He got away from the crowds. He got away from all the stuff that constantly pushed him. If you don't have that spiritual base, let me encourage you, set one up this year. Start out with five minutes, with 10 minutes, with 15 minutes, whatever it is. And if you have one, increase that time. Continue to go back to that spiritual base and talk to Father God. Say, I'm here. I need to listen to you, Holy Spirit. Move in my life. If there's anything in my life that I need to change, let me do it, but protect those places and go back. It's not always the greatest change that's the most significant. What causes the greatest change is not a big change, but the consistency in the change. Does five minutes matter a day? When you invest it with the Lord, it sure does. Does five minutes, does 10 minutes matter? Whenever you bring yourself to the Lord, it sure does. Find that secure base this next year. That way the Spirit can speak to you. Protect your home. Protect what comes in. Protect what goes out. But you find that secure base. Now, as we have that secure base, one of the things that we'll notice indefinitely is that our expectation will rise because God will begin to speak to us. God will begin to move in our life. Now, this next one is really difficult, but I want you to go with me. I want you to expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Uh, it, in, Christian, in Christian circles, we put it like this. Expect to live forever, but prepare like Christ is coming tomorrow. Now, that wouldn't be the worst, amen? <laughs> be snatched out of here and going to heaven. That's not what I'm saying. But we have, a, we have things that happen whenever we get comfortable. We get used to the environment. That's the reason why we have to protect our homes. It becomes a place of retreat and, and, and recovery and things like that, and we kind of take it for advantage. And don't, don't take it for advantage, amen? But this next year, expect the best. Expect God to move in your life 
and do something. But don't expect that the enemy won't attack you, won't put things in your mind, that there won't be things that come across your television screen or radio or put you, stuff like that that won't change your attitude or put you in a, in a bad mood. Can I get an amen? People won't talk to me. I mean, you have to be prepared because the enemy will sling fiery arrows at you. And what do fiery arrows intend to do? It, in, it, it intends to hurt you and wound you and hurt you, and, and hurt you, but at the same time, those arrows will also burn down everything that you've worked for if you let them win. So I stand in expectation of what the Lord's going to do, but I prepare myself for what the enemy's going to try to do. The year is 1979. It's the Fastnet yacht race. Year after year after year, the yacht race happens. People get excited about it. There's accolades. But in 1979, everything changed. Normal day that they began to engage in the race, and all of a sudden, a storm came up out of nowhere. Over 90, over 80 knot winds, which is over 90 miles an hour. Waves that were 50 foot tall began to invade the race, and they weren't prepared. Before it was all over with, 25 ships were abandoned. Five sank. 136 sailors had to be rescued. Unfortunately, 15 sailors and four rescuers lost their life that day in that race. Simply because they were not prepared. Really, if you looked at the severity of the storm, there was so many things that just were not probable that happened on that day that caused that much devastation. I mean, really, it was one of the largest maritime operations of rescue that had ever happened. People weren't ready for it. They were expecting the race. They were expecting the things that you expect and not prepared for what could happen. And really, through the study, it was just a perfect storm. In our lives, I know as I tell that story, many of you are thinking, I know what that feels like. Oh, it might not have been a storm on the sea, but it was a storm in your family. It was a storm at your job. It was a storm internally where you know that God was doing some things and the enemy was fighting you. This next year, we expect the goodness of God to be on our life, don't we? But we're also very aware of the, the damage the enemy wants to cause. And we heard that old adage that nobody really knows how to hurt you like the ones that are closest to you. So this year, as Satan tries to throw those, dar throw those fiery darts at you, tries to put his influence on you, you push everything away from you that you possibly can, and we run to Christ. We guard ourselves. We protect ourselves. We don't get complacent. 2022 might have been the best year you ever had. Congratulations. It might have been the worst year you've ever had. Either way, don't let it guide 2023. I'm going in, God. This is a new year with new expectations. I know the enemy has new tricks and new tactics and things that he's going to try to nail me to a wall with, but I'm not going to let him do it. Instead, I'm going to run to you. You're going to be my shelter. Pastor Mike and I talk about this all the time. We do this to 
encourage each other, but there's this wonderful verse in the Bible that helps us understand. It's a wonderful part of the Bible that says, woe to those who are at ease in Zion. When everything gets extremely comfortable, we get the most tired. How many nappers do I have in here? Me too. I'm 40. I have a reason to nap now. In my 30s, you don't need no naps. In 30s, 20s, you don't need no naps. You need to be up doing stuff. Now that I'm 40, I got all kinds of reasons. I got 40 reasons to nap now. <laughs> and the easiest time to nap is after you eat that turkey, that brisket. Ooh, the pecan pie, the pumpkin pie. Oh, I'm watching the football game. No, you're not. You're watching your eyelids as they shut, making sure there's no holes in them. But it's really easy in those moments to get comfortable and to get complacent. We get familiar with our surroundings, with our relationships, with our employment, and we tend to make assumptions, and we know assumptions are never good. And we're not prepared for the storm that is actually brewing because we're comfortable. And in that moment of comfortable, comfortableness, in that moment that we think that we're the most relaxed and nothing can happen and we're the most guarded and we're in the safest place we could be in, realize that there is a storm brewing on the other side of the mountain that we cannot see. So we turn up discipline. We say, God, I thank you for the goodness that you're putting on my life. I thank you for the expectations that has surpassed everything that I thought could happen in my life. But God, I'm gonna keep my nose to the grindstone. I'm gonna continue to pray. I'm gonna continue to fast. I'm gonna continue to worship. I'm gonna continue to serve and continue to give because I'm still in that expectation for the greatest things that you could ever do in my life. But I sit in a place where I know that because I'm doing things for your kingdom, I have a target on my back. The target won't stop me from doing things from your kingdom, but it alerts me to know that there are things coming up against me, but I know that you're going to take me through it. The Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Christ is helping us understand that we go into that place realizing that our expectations are high and God is creating blessings and we're having Wonderful things happen in our life, but God, my spirit will stay poor before you because I know I cannot do this by myself. It is not me, but it's you. Blessed are those ones who constantly choose peace. In a world that we live in that is constantly divided, has more things to argue about than, as my parents would say, than you can shake a stick at. We gotta have that peace, don't we? We go after it. How can we come together? How can we make this work? How can we do this God's way? There will be some people that persecute you. There'll be some people that come up against you for no other reason than you're a Christian, you're a child of God. You make peace. You lean into Christ. You say, I know that what you're gonna do in my life is gonna supersede anything I can think of. However, I'm not gonna fall to the tricks and the wiles of the devil. I'm gonna expect great things from you, but I'm gonna prepare my soul for the worst things that hell can throw at me. As we continue here, I was thinking that my expectations are high, but expectations alone are, are great, but then you have to put some plans to it, some strategy. This next point is simply planning is winning do we have any bowl game watchers how many have just loved this football season 
No, we're OU fans and we went six and seven. <laughs> and all the K-State fans said, we didn't. <laughs> Purple rules. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I, don't, I don't really have a dog in the hunt. I've really enjoyed this bowl season. And you know what I've noticed from every coach? First of them, dude, they're all sweating like great drops of, you know what, a sweat before the games are like, oh, it's like any other game. No, it's not, dude. It's a bowl game, you know? They're probably throwing up behind doors and all kinds of stuff, you know? But what they don't go into the game with, you never hear one of them say, well, what's your strategy for tonight's game? What two things you don't hear is, A, they don't ever tell their whole strategy. Can I get an amen? Like, oh, we're going to play really good football. Well, that's kind of what everybody wants to do, you know? But what you don't hear is, oh, nothing. We're just, we just flew in here Tuesday. We threw them all out on the practice field, and we came together, and we're hoping for the very, very best of what's going on. And we just have the expectation of winning because we've showed up. Planning is critical. Put your plans on paper. What do you want to accomplish in 2023? Planning is important. And it's the hardest part because it's the part that nobody sees. Operation Overlord. Now, many of you guys know this is D-Day, June 6, 1944. One of the greatest land, sea, and air invasions to ever, for America to ever be a part of. Storming the beaches of France that's controlled by the Nazis. Thousands and thousands and thousands of men. Tons and tons of fuel that was being used much less the vehicles to support the personnel and munitions and food and everything that had to support all of those U-boats that were going up to the beach and the men were diving out of them and going. And the part that we didn't see was all the planning that took place before that happened. It was interesting about Operation Overlord. They almost canceled it for two reasons. One, because of weather. Another one, because... Overlord actually came out in a crossword puzzle in a territory that was controlled by the Nazis and they didn't know if they were communicating back and forth. But because so much planning had gone into it, their intel showed them that no, they didn't know anything about it. So they began to do it. And we look at those iconic images of those men going ashore, the boat drivers and the military and all the, the Air Force. And that was really one of the first great, pan, great campaigns of the para, paratroopers. But none of that would have happened without excellent planning. Without men and women behind doors that nobody knew anything about. The great success of D-Day, many people consider it the beginning of the fall of Hitler. I think as Christians we would put it like this. It was the beginning of the destruction of the demonic regime of Hitler. But they didn't just send a bunch of people to shores, did they? They had it planned. Whatever you're trying to be a part of, and remember, the change doesn't have to be huge. It has to be consistent. Write it down on a paper. The, 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 the issue is we get planning and goals mixed up. You talk to somebody, you say, well, wh wh what's, your, what's your goal? What's your plan? What's your mission? And they say, well, I want to go to high school, and after I go to high school, I want to go to college, and after I go to college, I want to get a family, and after I get a family, and you go on, and you're like, whoa, back up, stop. That is just... The mission. The mission is to be close to God. The mission is to increase time of prayer, time of worship, fasting, whatever it is. What's the plan? How are you going to get there? 
And this is the thing, you're closer than you think you are. With a little bit more consistency and discipline, you'll probably begin to see things that you never thought was possible. Because it's in those moments where you think you're the furthest from God that you're really the closest to him. It's in those moments where you think, God, I don't know if I can go any further that we remember that Christ is lighting our way. One foot in front of the other, and we will continue to go forward and go forward and go forward. But without planning, it's just a thought, it's just an expectation, it's just an idea. Will it cost you five minutes a day? Will it cost you 10 minutes a day? You wanna increase your giving? What expenditures do you need to get rid of so you can increase your giving? You wanna create that fortress of your home into a secure base like you've never experienced? In the evenings, do you need to set time aside so you can gather together and read the Bible two or three, four times a week? Don't get caught up in the idea. The true liberation comes from the planning. See, on the, beach of, on the beaches of France, the victory of the planning was won before the victory on the beaches. And in your life, the victory that we see is because of the planning we did not see. Intentional planning leads to intentional victory. People drive up and see our campus. And I'm one of those. I've been here five years. And I think, what a great building. What a great parking lot. What a great youth center. And if you look at it, it all kind of runs together in a plan. It was because of that intentional planning. We're getting to reap the rewards because elders and pastors and deacons and people gave and got all together and created a plan and began to execute that plan. Now we're very excited about building our new building out here and really getting excited about what God's going to do in 2023. But even in the planning of that new building, one of, the, one of the things that we constantly talked about is how does it fit in the big scheme of everything? From aesthetics to actually what it's used for. Don't let it be just an idea. The Holy Spirit is gentle and kind and will continue to remind you of the things that you need to do. Put that plan into action and see what God will not do in your life. God has great things for you in 2023. The expectation, we have to live greater to expect more. As we read the Beatitudes, we see, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who look and mourn over sin. They have a plan for that. When the Holy Spirit speaks to them, they begin to change their life. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Far, many, far too many times I see Christians in starvation mode. They're way past the hunger and thirsting part of it. They haven't read their Bible or been with the, and allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to them. They've been too busy and all these different things and they're like in starvation mode. Don't get there. Get that plan in place and say, God, there's this constant hunger and need in me that only you can satisfy. So I will go to the well day after day after day. I will go to the brook and drink of your water, Holy Spirit. I will go and read and, and eat of the bread of life day after day, and then it'll turn into week after week, and then you'll get to the point where you've made that small change in your expectation, and you can't wait until you get to that quiet time so God can speak to you. 
It's not a time to be fearful. It's a time of expectation and excitement because your life is measuring up to what God knew was inside of you the whole time. Live greater and expect more. Don't stop with the planning. Don't stop where it's easiest. We put it on paper. And the final thought here is simply as we go into 2023, believe for the impossible. Simply believe for the impossible. Alex Honnold, H-O-N-N-O-L-D, is a rock climber, probably a world-renowned rock climber by now. He was sitting at the base of El Capitan. El Capitan is found in Yosemite National Park. It's a 3,000-foot cliff face. Now, many people had climbed it, but they hadn't climbed it like Alex was about to in 2017. He was wanting to do the impossible. Matter of fact, one of the, one of the, the entries that I found was many people found like it was impossible until they saw him actually do it. And he's sitting at the base, and he's getting himself prepared because he's about to free climb El Capitan. That means no rope, no harnesses, no gear. Set this hand, set this foot. Set this hand, set this foot. I saw him climb a mountain. I'm telling you, it's almost poetry the way that he does it. And at the end of it now, it took him four hours to climb this rock face, four hours. Pete Whitaker, his coach, they asked him, they said, what helped him do this? They said it was his mindset. It was his ability to control his mind that whenever he was in some of the less difficult places on the mountain, and I'll be honest with you, if I'm a thousand foot off the ground, there ain't no less difficult places for me, you know what I mean? Like I'm praying, getting saved, baptizing the Holy Spirit right there. I'm pouring water bottles on me, getting baptized. You know, I'm doing it all. But not for him. He had an incredible ability to control his mindset. And the less difficult positions, he was relaxed. When it really got tricky and difficult, he began to intentionally focus and deliberately place hands and feet. Because whenever you're climbing solo or free solo, as they call it, one slip of the foot, one slip of the hand, and it's over. But he was willing to believe for something that others thought was impossible. What impossible situation are you looking at? What impossible thing do you need God to do in your life? Because it all starts with faith and believing. That God, you can move mountains if you need to on my behalf, and you will. Other people have said that relationship won't work. That job, it'll never come. You can't save that much money. Your kids will never get changed. And you've heard those voices in your head. I'm going to ask you to throw those voices out of your head. Get focused in on Christ. Let your expectations rise because we're living for something greater. And I'm going to start believing for the impossible. Let me tell you something. You can get free from that habit. You can get free from that addiction. You can get free from that hurt, from that struggle, from that pain. You can. You keep believing for the impossible. even when we have to do it solo. 
we climb the face of the rock anyways. This year, from my heart, you keep putting one foot in front of the other, one hand over the other. It looks impossible, but let's adjust our mindset and say, God, all things are possible with you. It's impossible for us to fully live out these beatitudes. That only happened because Christ was the fullness. He was complete. But we together bring all of our strengths together and we begin to see what the Lord can do. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 5. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Whenever you believe for the impossible, you join in the course of heaven that also believe for the impossible. You join in all the course of the matriarchs and the patriarchs, the prophets of old, the kings. You join in with them and say there's got to be a better way to live. We're going to expect more and we're going to live to a greater extent than we ever thought. And Christ says, as you do that, rejoice. So this year, that's what we're praying for you. Is that in the midst of your trials, you rejoice. In the midst of your circumstances, you rejoice. When things are going well, you rejoice. When things go awry, you rejoice. When things don't look like they're, they're ever gonna work out, you rejoice. When it looks like everything is happening your way and you're on top of the mountain, you rejoice. Because blessed are those who do what Christ says to do. <laughs> for we will receive the blessings that he says that we can have. May 2023 be filled with blessings from God. Not because we deserve them, but because he's a good God and we've done what, we, what he's asked us to do. Would you stand with me? Now, we do this at every service because we never know who's listening or who's a part of this. And Waylon's, as he comes up to play, The thing that you have to get right first is your heart with Christ. Can I get an amen? And we don't say that to judge or to put you down. Instead, we say that with anticipation in our heart that you would be willing to submit your life to Jesus Christ. Because it's the beginning of expecting great things for your life. It's the beginning of realizing that you don't have to face things alone. That not only is God with you, but he can create a network of people that will help you and guide you and direct you. But you got to get your heart right with God. It's not what you have to give up, is it? But it's what you gain. What does it profit a man to lose his soul if he gains the world? And we here at Ray Hope... The worldly material possessions, we know that one day they'll burn up and fade away. But our relationship with Christ will last forever. Great is your reward in heaven. And we want you to be a part of that reward. We want you to be like us and hopefully we're stacking stuff in heaven, amen. That one day when we stand before our Lord and Savior that we can throw it at his feet. It won't be much but it'll be out of sacrificing from our hearts, won't it? And we want you to be a part of that. And it starts out by prayer, getting to that place where you say, Christ, forgive me. I need you as Lord and Savior of my life.
but it doesn't end there. As we've said a hundred times, we don't want to just tell you about Christ. We want to teach you about him. And if that's you and you need to pray that prayer, or maybe you're praying it even as I speak because you know the Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart, please come visit with us. We're here for you. Here in a second, we're all going to come down front together. And if you know you need to pray that prayer, or you're praying it right there, then we're going to be here for you. Come speak to me, Pastor Mike, any of the people at the front, and they'll get you to where you need to be. For my brothers and sisters, I hope you stand in great expectation of what 2023 is going to be like. You got to get it planned, do our very best. We know things come up. We got to get our minds straight and say, God, we're going to believe for the impossible. Gird up our loins and say, God, whatever it throws at me, we know that we can make it through because you are on our side. And we're praying that you come out more blessed than you've ever been. Would you dismiss, would you come up here to the front? What we love to do is we love to dismiss as a group. Thank you for moving. Tanner's up here and Pastor will be up here. Maybe some members of the prayer team up here. If you did invite Christ into your heart, we want you to know that we're here for you. Please do not leave the building without speaking to us. Now, for my brothers and sisters who are walking forward, I don't know what you're facing, but we want you to know that as you live greater, you can expect more. And that's what we're praying, that your 2023 will be greater than your 2022. That God will bless you in the midst of the storm. He'll bless you in the midst of celebration. He'll bless you in the midst of all the good things and all the things that the enemy throws at us. Can I get a hearty amen on that? Go ahead and grab your neighbor's hand if you would, if you feel comfortable. Kind of sounded a little forceful, sorry about that. Now, one of the greatest ways that we know is to pray for our neighbor, right? So I want you to look at them, I want you to pray a blessing on them, and then pray a blessing for yourself. Let's do it together. Father, our hearts are bowed, our hands are raised, our hearts are in elation for what you're going to do, for what you've already started. Yeah, the enemy may have a storm brewing, there may be some things that's coming, but God, it's not greater than what you have in store for your people. It's not greater than what you have in store for this church, Father, and we thank you for that. So we pray blessings and we heap them upon our neighbor to the left and to the right to the front and behind us God that you would bless them financially that you would bless them spiritually you'd bless them in their family you'd bless them coming in and you would bless them going out God we call them the head and not the tail father that 2023 is going to be one of the greatest years that they've ever had father they're going to be enlightened by your spirit they're going to have revelation father they're going to do things in you that they never thought was possible and we believe it and father do something amazing in our lives with us, God. Help us as we continue to reach our family, as we continue to reach our friends, as we continue to reach the community, God. I pray that you bless the altar workers, God. You bless the youth workers and the teacher and the children workers, God. You bless those who greet, Father. We thank you that this is a blessed place, that we come here and we fill your spirit, God. God, we don't have to leave empty. We don't have to leave the same way that we came. Thank you for moving on the behalf of your children. We accept it. We receive it, God. 
And no matter what we face or what we look at, we know that we rest in you, God. That you promised us, blessed are those. So Father, we're your children doing what you asked. Let our hearts be ablaze. Let your passion rise up within us, God, and help us to, to live the impossible that only you can do. We receive it, we accept it, and if you believe that, can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. we love you guys. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.